You've heard it, we've all heard it, words matter. What we don't hear is that words matter because they are matter. This insight, along with others we cover on this show, gives you a superpower. The ability to harness the power of words to revolutionize workplaces and the world. The power to create cultures where productivity soars, profits rise, and people feel included and inspired. As with all superpowers, you have to learn how to manage it. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about getting intentional with your communication eyes, your inputs, AKA words and language to get the O's, the outcomes, AKA the results, the impact that you want. Join me, your host, Erica Mills Barnhart and my amazing guests as we explore the wild and wonderful world of Communicate I.O. Well, hello there. When we talk about communication and leadership, often we naturally think about the words, this makes sense, that other people end up reading, hearing, receiving, right? The words that we say, speak, it's very similar to saying, <laughs> write, right, put out to the world. And that makes sense as these words are important, right? The words we put out to the words are important because words matter as they are matter. But the words that end up making it out into the world start silently. They begin in your mind as thoughts. And that's what I want to talk about today. Now, it will be tempting and comfy, really, to keep this episode focused on, say, the life cycle of an important memo or talk or something that you're going to give. How you mull it over in your mind for days, trying out ideas, see what feels right, and striking anything that doesn't strike your fancy before it ever sees the light of day. This part of, of the communication process is important. I do not want to diminish it in any way. I am I'm right there with you when I don't, I'm not running these days, which breaks my heart because I love running. Um, but now I do it when I'm walking. But I used to write all of my talks, all of my speeches, do all my lesson planning, all of it while I was out on a run. This, however you do that, that sort of internal work to get to the external, that's important. And that's not what we're going to talk about on this episode. No, no, it isn't, my friends. On this episode, we're going to talk about that in another episode. <laughs> in this episode, we're going to talk about, I refer to as your inner communication. It includes, and it's often referred to as self, self-talk, right? And this impacts everything in your life, including how you show up at work, how you show up as a leader. Etc. So, in this particular sense, it the I in communicate IO refers to inner communication, and the O is outer communication. It's simply not true that how we talk to ourselves has no bearing on how we show up for others. The more attention and the more intentional you get about your inner communication, the more effective, clear, and confident your outer communication will become. The single most important relationship any of us have is with ourselves. It's the relationship we intentionally or unintentionally invest the most amount of time and energy into, right? We are with ourselves all day, every day. And like when you hear, whenever I hear someone talk about this, I'm like, well, that's so obvious. And yet there's something, there's something existential about that because, you know, we're not thinking that all day, every day, like, look at me, here I am. It's just me and Erica, again, right? That's not how we experience ourselves. And yet it's true, right? So 
we have a more lively dialogue simply by virtue of proximity to, proximity to self with ourselves than we do with anybody else. It's constant. And for many of us, it's never ending that dialogue. It could almost be like white noise because we recycle most of our thoughts day over day. I don't have the, I don't have the statistic in front of me, but it is something like 90% of our thoughts are repeat thoughts. Right? So Many thoughts that we're having today about our productivity, how we parent our bodies, how we led a meeting, whatever the case may be, we had very similar thoughts yesterday. Okay? Strung together, these thoughts, which reflect the beliefs we hold about ourselves, create a narrative. This narrative, these narratives, there's multiple narratives, these dictate our lives. Okay, they dictate our lives. They because our Thoughts becomes feelings, feelings, well, you could loop back to thoughts. This is thought work, right? But that's what leads to action, okay? So, so they really do dictate and impact our lives. So let's look at those thoughts, shall we? Think back, if you can, on the last three things you said to yourself. If you can. Uh, if you can only rummage up one, that's totally cool. Start with the one. I mean, again, we often don't notice because it's kind of like white noise. It's like, what was I saying to myself? I don't know. I made that cup of tea. It's my fourth cup of tea today. I'm just, anyone who's listened to this podcast for a while knows I'm a tea drinker. Sometimes when I'm sleepy during the day, I have a fourth cup of Earl Grey tea. I'm just going to, it just, it happens. And I have opinions. Um, and unless I'm attentive to these opinions, judgments, not super sweet, kind, compassionate <laughs> words that I'm saying to myself in my mind, Right, I can get carried away with this whole like, you know, should I have a fourth cup of tea? Third, I only have three yesterday. You know, there's a lot. Totally not helpful. I'm gonna have the fourth cup of tea, and I really don't need to judge myself for that. Right? It just is, and yet, and yet, I still have a lot of dialogue. Not so much anymore, actually. But that is one of my ongoing thoughts. Right? About about many things. It's like, and it's a judgmental thought, right? Were those thoughts kind and compassionate? Were, were your thoughts, the previous three that you had, the previous based on the previous three things you said to yourself, were they kind and compassionate or, or were they just possibly going in a limiter? Negative, judgmental, harsh, anything in that category. And now here's here's the kicker to follow. Would you say those things to your bestie? or your boss, would you even say them to somebody that you like didn't like all that much? You know, for, for the most part, the answer to that is no. Most of us wouldn't because most of us are not super nice to ourselves. We're not, right? And there are loads of reasons for negative self-talk, again, inner communication being the norm. Almost all self-talk begins in childhood, as so many things do. And somehow, and you can unpack this with, you know, a counselor or a therapist, as it is, uh, it is work worth doing, but somehow it keeps us safe, right? There's a perk to this negative self-talk, right? Um, so for instance, if you're a high achiever now, you might have started saying things like, and you know, at some point, oh, come on, you can do better than that. You had 11 things on your list and you only got through 10 today. Really? That's your A game? Right. It's just, and everybody's self-talk sounds different. You're, you know, it, it focuses on different things. And by the way, that is a real life example of something that I used to say to myself somewhat regularly <laughs> until I got really on top of and turned around my inner communication. I value working hard, achieving a lot, doing a lot. There's nothing wrong with this. 
these are my values. The problem is how I was talking to myself to get these results. I would never, ever in a gajillion years say one of those things to anyone other than myself. Like, or I just wouldn't say that to anybody. I know why, because they're not nice things to say. I mean, if you cry out loud, that's just not nice. So isn't it interesting that somehow our norm and what we have chosen to accept, we are available to this negative self-talk all the time. We open ourselves up to it. And yet we are our most important person. So importantly, any self-talk or inner communication, right? this shows up in your outer communication in some form or fashion. Again, words are matter, whether they're thoughts in your mind or words on a page. So once you have a thought, it takes physicality. Yes, I know that for some of you, this, this may be new and this is going to make your mm, brain cramp or break or something, but they do. They take on physicality. This is how we get neural pathways. Right? Literally, they take on physicality in our brains. So if your if you're self-talk um, is negative, it's going to generate negativity. If they're positive, it'll, you guessed it, generate positivity. Neutral thoughts are actually uh, relatively rare or more rare than positive or negative. Most of them have a charge either way. And we're going to talk about how neutrality can be a powerful tool here in a second, but the same holds true. Neutral thoughts neutralize. Okay. So if you're someone whose inner communication mainly circles around things that we consider to be, and you're like, not related to work, guess what? It's still going to have an impact. It's still going to show up. I've talked about this in previous episodes, and I'm going to repeat it here. We are humans. We are humans, okay? Full, beautiful, awesome, messy humans. There are no fractions when it comes to humanity, right? We bring our whole selves wherever we go. Yes, we learn how to shine a light or bring forward different aspects of, of who we are in different settings. You know, there's there's growth in that that has to happen. I'm not showing up as a professor, a book club, you know, or, you know, bike club or whatever it may be. That'd be weird. Um, but I'm still my whole self. You're still your whole self, right? So it's an erroneous belief. It's, it's a comfortable belief, actually, in some ways, that, like, you could have all this negative self-talk and nobody knows. It will never show up in any way, shape, or form. So if your thoughts, if in your thoughts you are spending a lot of time, like, if, that's, if they're like hammering away about how you really need to lose weight or work out more, eat only super healthy food, but eat gas, you ate a nutty buddy, a delicious ice cream treat. And if you're not familiar with it, do yourself a solid and go familiarize, familiarize yourself with the nutty buddy. Delicious. I mean, anything else related to body image, that vibe is going to show up. It's going to find its way into your outer communication. If this isn't apples to apples, this can be like apples to kangaroos, right? You don't exactly know how it's going to show up. And, you know, when I, when I coach clients, we dig into all this, right? Because it's so important. We can't banish thoughts. We don't want to banish thoughts. You know, thoughts take on physicality. Thoughts are important. What we do want to do is first become mindful of them so that we can, you know, harness them in service to ourselves and to those in our lives, right? So they're going to make their way into your outer communication. It's a universal law. And you can use up a lot of energy mitigating the extent to which these negative thoughts show up. I mean, you can, you can do it. I know I have clients who have gotten pretty good at this, but a better investment of your energy rather than being like, I'm going to keep those all inside and I'm only going to show positive. Like that's just a lot of effort. And maybe a more fruitful, a better investment of your energy is turning those thoughts around. You end up happier and healthier as sort of everyone in your life and world. So there's a, there's a lot of talk. Um, he stays about boundaries, and that is fan-freaking-tastic, okay? One thing I just want to point out here, again, just noting, 
almost all of us, as we are human, have thoughts. And many of those thoughts are negative. Which is, oh, like, I just have to put my hand on my heart and that because that makes me sad. It makes me sad for myself. It makes me sad for you and for anyone else who still has this going on. The most important boundary you have to set time and time again is with yourself. The most important boundary, if it's the only boundary you set, needs to be between you and thoughts that don't serve you. I keep saying negative thoughts, but I, but I, but I want to actually rephrase that, right? Thoughts that don't serve you. You need a bright line for yourself between you and those thoughts. Okay, so how does one turn these well-worn thought patterns that are not serving you into ones that are serving you? For shorthand, just because I already know I'm going to do it, I'll end up saying negative and positive, but hopefully you'll hear through that to like, thoughts to serve you, right? You want everything in your life to serve you. One word, one sentence, one minute, one hour, one day at a time is how you are going to repattern your patterns, right? How you're going to tra tra transition and move out of those, those like they're going to be deep grooves, right? I mean, if you'd be saying, repeating 90% of your thoughts day over day over day, and you're like, oh, I don't know, 50, just a random example. Those grooves are deep, right? And I, I mean, I'm here to say this takes time, right? And I'm also here to say it's totally doable. So I write um, in my ebook, which is free, right? Uh, Recharge. Uh, the link to that will be in the show notes. You can just go to claxon-communication.com backslash recharge and get your copy if you haven't um, read it yet. I go over this um, in more detail. Also, if you if you prefer to listen to it, I did a three-part series uh, about recharge. So if you just head on back um, to those episodes, I go into all of this in more detail. But the, the fundamentals are, are the same, right? And it starts with, this sounds so bland, yet it's so important, noticing your thoughts. It all starts with awareness. It starts with noticing. So next time you find yourself saying anything negative, just notice. That's it. You might have a propensity to judge. That's normal. You're human. Allow yourself to really hear your inner communication. If you're a journaler, you might write down the thoughts. This, this, is, mm, this is tough work. I would like have some hankies handy. If you're going to do it, but there is so much power in, and there's a ton of research to back up, taking the words out, the silent words, they're still going to stay silent unless you tell them to someone, <laughs> but you're going to put them on the page. There's so much healing in that. Yeah. So you could do that. No judgment, just observation. Remember for reasons that are unique to you yet universal to all, these thoughts have served you somehow. They have protected you. They have kept you safe. They've done something. So your subconscious is very invested in these thoughts because they're quote unquote keeping you safe or, or whatever the story is, right? They, they, they're offering you a benefit of some sort. On the safety piece, because psychological safety is so important, right? I mean, if we're trying to create cultures where people feel included and inspired in the workplace, psychological safety is, I mean, that just has to be in place, right? But the question, you know, kind of an interesting question to play with for yourself is who are they keeping safe? The you of today? or a previous version of you, a you a you that was you long ago. Most of us have ages that we regress to in different situations. So for me, my ages are 7, 19, 25, 32, and 42. Bam. <laughs> if I'm having a moment 
of feeling like frumpy or lumpy or bumpy or whatever in my body, I'm instantly like it is in a flash. Although now fleetingly, because I've done the work, like I said, to, to like change my, be, to become aware and change this, this pattern. But when I feel in that way, there's going to be a moment where I'm seven. Why? Because that's the first time someone, a boy on the Queenie 2 playground in Vancouver, Canada, overtly teased me about being chubby. Yeah, it didn't feel good. I've forgiven that boy. He was doing what he needed to do, right? But his words set into motion a narrative that stuck with me for a long, 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 long time. Um, and it didn't serve me. It protected me somehow, right? And, you know, happy to chat about that. Um, but it, it protected me somehow. Those thoughts no longer serve me, right? They're not They're not doing me any good. Mm-mm. So I released them. Forgiven that boy, released them. Do they wiggle their way in some days? Well, yeah, we all have bad days, right? Sure, I'm human. But most of the time I can, and remember I said I was going to come back to, to neutralizing. I can neutralize them. And a minimum, I can neutralize them. On a good day, I can, you know, harness my inner Kristen Neff, who is sort of the, not sort of a leading expert, if not the world's leading expert on self-compassion. And I could turn them around, right? And really show myself self-compassion and turn it into like positivity. But neutralizing is kind of your first line of defense, right? We have long, warm groups of negativity. It's tough for our minds to flip a switch to positivity. It's actually almost impossible neurologically for our brains to just go like negative, negative, positive. Um, now, I, I mean, there's a lot out there about replacing negative thoughts with positive. So just I want to introduce this idea that, that there needs to be a bridge. Consciously, we could go from negative to positive. Logically, consciously, we can't. But our subconscious is going to be like, mm, no, slow your roll, right? That mm, No, I am comfy. Even though it's negative, I'm comfy here. <laughs> so they stay embedded. Okay, so the first step to positivity is often neutrality. So let's play this out. Let's just say, like hypothetically, because it, it, it applies to almost all humans, I am totally the anomaly in this regard, but let's just say you're afraid of public speaking. As you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, I love public speaking. I just, you know, I grew up doing drama. I love public speaking. I have like zero fear of it, but that's really weird. So let's say that you're going to, you know, you're afraid of public speaking and you're going to be hard pressed to go from like, holy freak out, I have to talk in front of a bunch of people. Oh my God, to I'm a rock star speaker. Oh, yes, I am. Like, eh, that's just probably not going to happen. That's too much for your brain. And again, your subconscious is going to flip out and then you're going to be right back to freak out. You need a bridge. That bridge may sound like neutrality, right? It may sound like, of course, I'm afraid to talk in front of these people. Most of humanity has the same fear as I do. This reaction is human. I'm a human, not good or bad, just human, right? It might sound something like that. But if you say this with your hand on your heart, it's going to call on your nervous system. It's going to like reinforce that, right? And then you just repeat hand on heart. I'm human. I'm human. human. Yeah. Um, You're probably still going to feel jitters again. And so it would just be like, I mean, I don't even know. I haven't seen it happen that many times when somebody goes from freak out to like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm totally calm. But here's a trick, right? If you're still feeling the jitters, which you may, when you start your talk, say that out loud. Public speaking is fear second only to death for crying out loud. You are truly not alone. And I make this suggestion to many of my coaching clients because I work on public speaking or, you know, delivery um, with many of them because it's something that leaders are uh, expected to do. And I have to say, most of the time when I make the suggestion, they're like, um, mm, I don't want to do that, right? There's resistance because it feels like it feels like admitting to failure. And also it's super vulnerable. 
Um, but guess what? It works like a charm. It works like a charm every time. It creates connection. Like actually just take a second and imagine that you're in the audience and someone on stage comes on and they're like, hey, I'm going to talk to you about insert awesome topic, right? But I have to tell you, I'm nervous right now. I'm nervous because I don't love, I love this topic. I'm so passionate about it. And I don't love talking in front of groups, right? So, so if I flub up or whatever, you know, hear me out. Imagine if that, if you're on the receiving end of that. I, like I have witnessed this many, many, many times and it creates this connection, whoever your audience may be, because again, being afraid of public speaking is a, is a universal for the most part. And if you do that enough times, you'll gain confidence in your speaking. It helps, of course, to be working with someone so you're improving your skills um, along the way. That's the combo that we're going through right? With skill building and confidence building. And then as you feel ready, test out a positive thought. Okay, right? So we've gone from new, new, uh, negative freak out to neutral, I'm human, I'm human, to I've done 10 talks and they actually went pretty darn well. I think I got this. Okay, You're not busting out the pom-poms. It might be even that, that might be too fast of a trajectory. You know you. You know you, right? You will know what pacing you need. And also get support, right? These are these are big transitions. So get support. So there's so there's that. Another tip is something I got in, again, just in the let's neutralize the thoughts. Um, and I got this from the amazing Katie Storino and her awesome book, Body Talk. And it it's one word and it it has it is life-changing, I'm telling you. The word is nope and O-P-E. Nope. Once you've identified a negative thought. Right, especially when it pops up all the time. So you're like, oh, you're gonna come back. I know you. <laughs> I know you. You're gonna try to make an appearance. Okay, as soon as you notice it, and so you've noticed it before, no judgment. You've just been like, wow, that, that thought comes up a lot. Okay, the next time it comes up, again, you're just noticing and you're not judging, you're not shaming yourself or the thought. You're just gonna say, ideally out loud, by the way, that sometimes that could be awkward. You're gonna say, nope, nope, I'm not available for that thought. No, thank you and get back to whatever you were doing, okay? You don't even need to replace it in that moment. You don't need to replace it. You're just saying, I'm not available for that. Nope, that's a nope. I mean, it's kind of goofy, right? So like, nope. Sometimes the timing, you know, isn't always right for like, how can I replace it and blah, 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 blah. You know, note it and try to come up with uh, like something else to say back. But for, for some indefinite period of time, you can just get out of the habit of having the thought. Just get out of the habit of having the thought. Noping, negativity frees up so much energy for all the other things that you want to do in your life, right? Noping negativity is where it's at. All right, so to recap, your inner communication has ripple effects. It makes its way to your outer communication. And listen, depending on the role you hold in an organization, like if you're in a leadership role, those silent thoughts make their way all the way into your external communication and messaging that yeah, they sure do. I mean, I've seen this so, 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 so many times in my 20-ish years of working with purpose-centered clients. Like <clears throat> the number of meetings or retreats or talks or whatever that I'm giving where, where we're talking about external communication. And I've had to steer the conversation because, it, because I'm noticing body language or I'm hearing something come out. And, it, and it, it, it's actually usually an energetic, right? So it might go... Uh, consciously unnoticed, but because I've learned to tune into this, right? I'm, I I can now, you know, I have this one where I'm like, mm, well, we're not going to get that mission statement, you know, to where it needs to be organizationally until we've cleaned up this inner communication that's happening for some folks, right? So for clients, like, 
are they are they always like, yay, open arms, hearts, and minds. I love this idea, Erica. Let's clean up our inner communication. Let's clean up our self-talk. Um, no, as you can imagine, this is sometimes not met with wild enthusiasm. Um, but for clients who are open to taking the time to explore how their inner communication just may be showing up in their outer communication, external communication, this openness and willingness pays huge dividends. Just huge dividends. Okay, I'm going to put a whole bunch of links in the show notes. For some of you, you may be like long past this. Yay! For others, you may be like, this is the first time you've heard some of these, some of these ideas, this idea that your thoughts have physicality, your thoughts create feelings, right? You know, and then that leads into action. If that's new, I just want to inter- I want to open this door, open the door to this, uh, to this sort of piece of communication that uh, I'm hoping we'll hear and talk more about um, when it comes to leadership. Because it's it's just it's powerful, right? It's powerful. Um, so I'm going to put a whole bunch of sh- uh, oh my gosh, links. I'm out of words. <laughs> uh, a whole bunch of links in the show notes. So go look there. I was listening to a fabulously geeky, um, yet very accessible podcast episode um, about inner critic, as that's very related. Uh, so I'm going to pop that in there. You know, I- I'm not going to say this work is like easy fun necessarily and it, it, I just want to really say it can be existential and tough and I still want to invite you into this work because the rewards on the other side like living from a place of mainly positive self-talk and that inner like having agency over your inner communication it's, it's life-changing right that's being the master of you that's that, that's being the master of you in so many ways so if you like this episode and if you think others would benefit, I would so appreciate you sharing it. If you haven't clicked the stars to rate the podcast, I, again, with deep gratitude in advance, would love it if you would do that. I want as many people as possible, as many leaders as possible, but really just people as possible to, to really have the benefits of being the boss of their inner communication and all, all the benefits um, that that brings. So. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, amazing human. And I will catch you on the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode of the Communicate IO podcast, you know what to do next. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share. Leading can be hard. Communication doesn't need to be. If you're interested in having your organization or team learn how to communicate I.O., I would love to hear from you. Get in touch at info at Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for being a leader who is making our workplaces and our world better places to be.